privilege once again for me to bring God's word this morning. And uh, if you have been with us, uh, you know that we are going through the book of Acts, Acts of Apostle, and the series uh, that we are going through is the Gospel in Motion. So we are still navigating through the waters of this book as we learn about the movement of the gospel in the early church. Last week we left the narrative at Cornelius' house in the city of Caesarea as we saw Peter proclaiming the gospel of Christ to Cornelius' household and baptizing them as they believe and receive the message Peter brought to them from God. And today, as we continue this narrative, we will see that the news of what happened at Cornelius' house came to the church in Jerusalem. And this is where we pick up the text for this morning. Acts chapter 11 and we will read from verses 1 to verse 18. That says the word of God. Acts chapter 11 from verses 1 to verse 18. Now the apostles and the brothers who were... Th Sorry. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, He went to an uncircumcised man and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Look, looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of, air, of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has never entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and said, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. 
as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word that the Lord, and I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Let's ask God's help again this morning. Father, may you glorify the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in this place. Lord, our weakness are always be before us, O oh Lord. And our sufficiency is not from us, but it is from you. So humbly I plead with you, Lord. Give me strength to proclaim your word with truthfulness, Lord. Wipe away my sin right now and, and grant me grace this morning for your name's sake and for your people that are here, not to hear from men, but to hear from you. May your name be glorified in this place. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So in the last three messages in this series, we have seen how God has had work in Peter's life and destroy the built-in prejudice in order for the gospel to reach out the Gentiles in the fulfillment of the mission that Jesus gave to his disciples, which is to make disciples of all nations. But the prejudice from which Peter had been delivered was still present in the hearts of his Jewish brothers and sisters in the church of Jerusalem. And you see, if God's mission had to go forward through Peter and the church in Jerusalem, in terms of reaching out the Gentiles, Peter and the church had to be willing to go through the process of change in their hearts, in their minds, even to confront things that they believed to be true, that were in fact not true at all. Old prejudice had to be replaced by God's truth. So, though perplexed, and resistant at the beginning, we have seen that Peter accepted this process of inward transformation with his with the experience he had with Cornelius. Peter clearly surrendered his life, surrendered his will to the will of God and to God's mission and went and reached out the Gentiles. But now is the time for the church in Jerusalem to do the same. It is the time for the church to surrender completely to God's mission 
and let it go of their prejudice, let it go of their plans, let it go of their own ideas, and submit themselves to the will of God and to God's mission, which is to reach out to Gentile world as Gentiles. I repeat this part. The church had to go to reach the Gentiles as Gentiles. And if the church is going to be effective in this mission, the scene of prejudice must be broken. And this is my prayer for us this morning. As we go through this passage, that just like as Peter and the church in Jerusalem embrace this process of inward transformation, we also will let go of our prejudices and embrace with passion God's missions, God's mission of making disciples from every nation, tribe, tongue, culture, race. In doing that, we surrender then our lives to God's mission. And by the way, this is the title of my message today, Surrendering to God's Mission. So, how did this surrendering happen to the church in Jerusalem? This is what we will see in our passage today. My first point this morning is from verse 1 to verse 3. Uh, the criticism, the criticism. The Bible says there in verse 1 that what happened at Cornelius' house in Caesarea was heard in all Judea. That the Gentiles, they became believers even without being made first Jews. And in verse 2, we see that when Peter returned to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized, criticized him. And we need to know who are these circumcision party over there in verse 2. They are those believers with Jewish background who were very strict with regards to the rituals and laws and also about circumcision. Most probably, they had they held in themselves the position that Gentiles who wish to become believers must first convert to Judaism. So these believers, they are the ones that they stood up and criticized Peter. And what was their criticism? Verse 3 tells us, You went to an uncircumcised man and ate with them. So the charge that they had against Peter is very clear here in verse 3. They were, they were not bothering with what God did in the life of Cornelius. They were more uh, careful to take note that Peter went to the house of an, an uncircumcised man who from the 
previous message, we know that even Peter realized that it was unlawful on those days for a Jew to eat with the Gentiles. But brothers and sisters, we need to slow down a little bit and understand what is going on in here. For sure, I'm going to be repeating things that Pastor Garrett has laid out in chapter 10 for us in the previous messages. But it is important again for us to bring it into our mind and allow the Holy Spirit to treat us in the way He wants for the next step of us as a church. In the same way He did with the church in Jerusalem. You remember that Pastor was explaining that what is going on in here is that in the Jewish idea, everything that God has done in the past, in the Old Testament, they were the exclusive beneficiaries of the blessings that God had for them. For them to learn that Gentiles are now being part of God's family was a hard lesson, a difficult lesson. It was too difficult for a Jewish Christians to grasp and accept it. The lesson that salvation by grace through faith alone was reaching other people rather than the Jews, the Israelites, was not an easy lesson to learn. They were used to think about their relationship with God in a certain way, which in fact was not even the way of the Scriptures. They thought of themselves as they were exclusive recipients of God's blessing forgetting other parts of the scriptures, which for them, at that time, the scripture was the Old Testament. In Isaiah 19, for example, the Bible there says that God would gather even Egypt and Assyria as part of his people alongside with the Israelites. In Isaiah also 49, God's promises that he will extend the borders of the nation of Israel to accommodate other nations, the Gentiles. And while it was in their Bible and it was happening in front of them, they simply ignored that aspect of the scriptures and focusing only in their own laws and commandments. This was very clear in Jesus' lips when in Luke 24, 47 to 45 to 47, Jesus, or the Bible says the following. Uh, the context of this passage was when Jesus resurrected from the dead and then he met with his disciples. See what the Bible says there concerning uh, the other nations of the Gentiles 
receiving the gospel. The Bible says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead. Verse 47, And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Now, let's not be very quick to judge the Jewish Christians at that time to feel like that. And we need to extend some grace to them. We understand that they have lived all their lives knowing that they are the only people in the face of the earth that God has a personal covenant with them. And now it comes, Peter, breaking every rule that they knew from their laws and from their commandments, and he ate with a Gentile. For them it was something unthinkable. When the Bible says that Peter ate with them, it is in, in, in those days, and even living in this area, we can realize that when you are invited for a meal with the local uh, family, they are really expressing their willingness to build a relationship with you. So because the laws of the Jews say that they could not even eat with a Gentile, Peter is saying the opposite to them, that now is a new time, is a new season, is a new covenant where we don't have nothing against the Gentiles. We need to build that relationship. And when the Jews, they heard that, it was like the skies has fallen. But brothers and sisters, at the same time, we need to be graceful and understand their position. We need to be firm that their reaction to what, to what God was doing in the midst of Gentiles people was a sinful reaction as they wanted the Gentiles to become first Jew, meaning to assimilate their culture and rituals before they could become believers, become Christians. So what is the basic problem here uh, for those of this circumcision party that we need to address? Their problem was that they reinforce their tradi traditions based in their own understanding of the scriptures aside from what God really intended to communicate and prescribe in the scriptures. And this is common, uh, a common struggle for Christians today as well. And it is a weapon in the enemy's hand to lead astray many believers from the truth and simplicity of the gospel. We just need to take something 
or add something from what God has commanded in His Word, and the trap is set for all of us. When we do that, believers start to follow other things or other believers that and believers' interpretation more than following God's commandment as He has as He has prescribed in His Word. You remember uh, in Mark 7, there was an incident that the disciples, they were eating without washing their hands. And the Pharisees, very angry, came to Jesus. Why your disciples, they don't wash their hands before uh, they eat? And Jesus told them something very uh, uh, relevant for our message this morning. Turn to Mark 7 in your Bible, Mark 7, and we will read from verse 6 to verse 8 the answer that Jesus gave to these Pharisees regarding their own commandments. Verse 6, there in Mark 7, the word says, and he, talking about Jesus, said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. This is what is happening here in these treatises of this uncircumcised party to Peter. First of all, I'm not sure if the other disciples participate in these treatises. I believe they didn't because no in other part of the Bible the disciples are called or are mixed together as the circumcision party. Always they are called the disciples. But these were believers again. They raised and they brought this criticism to uh, Peter. And the charge that they, was, they were putting on Peter was not according to the scriptures. Because nowhere in the scriptures God has commanded uh, the Israelites not to eat with the Gentiles. It might be an implication of their dietary uh, laws. But nowhere the Bible says that they could not eat uh, with Gentiles assuming that the food they were partaking on the table was clean. So by putting this charge against Peter that was not according to the scriptures, these believers of the circumcision party were sinning against God. It was not what Peter did that was sinful. Matter of fact, Peter was obeying God in God's instructions when he was being led by the Holy Spirit. It was what they were doing that was, in fact, a sinful 
act. They had to their own prejudices against the Gentiles. I know I'm uh, speaking a lot in this topic, but this background was important for this application to us today. Brothers and sisters, whenever we impose an application, preferences, methods, or plans that we infer from God's people to other above the right interpretation of God's commandments to us in the scriptures, we are binding the conscience that will prevent other people to grow in Christ, to grow spiritually in Christ. In other words, our own prejudice will always prevent the advancement of God's kingdom. So even when we have good application from a commandment that God has given us in God's word, even if we have that good and set before everyone, but we forget what the gospel teaches about who Jesus is and what he has done for us, and begin to follow our own interpretation of God's word, it becomes a trap for us. They will weigh on us, and in fact, if we are not willing to surrender to the Lord, it will destroy us. These circumcision party people, they, they were standing against the will of God by not believing at the beginning what the Bible was saying concerning them, the Gentiles. God has commanded us to do what God has commanded us to do is for us to go and make disciples of every nation, every race, every tribe, every social status. And for that to happen, we need to set all our prejudices aside. Brothers and sisters, what is a people group right now in your world that you think that there is no salvation for them. Pastor said last uh, in one of the messages that even those people that you think that they are the worst sinner, salvation is not beyond their reach. And for us to be able to go to them, we need to set us free, or we need to ask God, God's grace to set us free from our prejudice in order for us to be able to go and reach them. And if we do not do that, we are sinning against God and resisting His will to reach out all the nations of the earth. So how did then Peter respond to this criticism of the believers, uh, of these uh, circumcised believers 
Jewish Believers Party. We see this from verses 4 to verses 14, and this is my second point. This is a full explanation of what happened. Peter didn't say anything else. We see there in verse 4 that he just explained to them what happened in order. And I cannot go again through everything because this is a repetition that happened or that pastor has preached for us in chapter 10. If you need to know what is there, you need really to go to our YouTube channel and find breaking down prejudices message and see exactly the content and the explanation of what Peter is saying from verse 4 to verse 15. But we can't just leave it like that. There is a word from God for us this morning in this passage. You see, Peter would, could say to these people, who do you think you are to bring this criti criticism to me? Do you know who I am? I am Peter that walked with Jesus. I am Peter that Jesus took from the water. I am Peter that walked upon the water. I am Peter that the keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven was given. But we don't see this reaction in Peter, isn't it? Peter maybe was reminded for, of a proverb uh, that says in Proverbs 15, 1, a soft, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Brothers and sisters, Peter said, I'm going to keep my calm because I know what God is doing. Therefore, he didn't take offense in the criticism that it, he, it, he, in the criticism against him. And this teaches us one step ahead on how we as a believers, we need to deal with criticism. Brothers and sisters, when you are being criticized, how do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? Are you a person that welcomes criticism? Are you a person that accepts corrections from others? Or are you of those that are always correct, that others are even afraid to come to you and to show areas that you have weakness? weakness? Brothers and sisters, Peter was not threatened by this criticism. And he just replied, telling them what's happened to show that God was at work within everything that happened in Cornelius' house. And then what's happened when he finished explaining what happened in Cornelius' house? And this is my third and last point this morning, which goes from verse 16 to verse 18, the surrender. 
We read there in verse 16. And then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with the water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Peter was ending the explanation of what happened in Cornelius' house. When he was preaching and the Holy Spirit just fell in Cornelius' household, the Bible here is saying that Peter remembered the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. And where was this word of our Lord Jesus Christ? If you turn your Bible and the slide will be there, uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, Jesus, before he ascension, he says these words, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And the confidence that Jesus had that that was the work of the Holy Spirit was confirmed by this word that came to him once he saw what God was doing in the house of Cornelius. And when we see the, the, this verb there, remembered, if we really study carefully, this verb is in a passive voice, meaning that someone else caused Peter to remember these words. And this is what Jesus also promised to the disciples when he said that the Father will send an advocate, the Holy Spirit, that will teach them about everything and will remind them of everything that he had told them. And when Peter then saw this confirmation from the Holy Spirit, he knew that what was going on in Cornelius' house was the, move, the work of God, and he could not resist to that. Therefore, he had to surrender. See what verse 17 says. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Brothers and sisters, what Peter experienced in Cornelius' house was the sole testimony of the, the work of God among the Gentiles. And Peter understood that he could not stand in the way of the Lord. If we resist God's work inside of us, if we resist the transformation that God wants to create inside of us, and if we decide to hold on in our prejudice, New Life Church, we cannot move forward and align our mission to the mission of God. By releasing or by letting go our prejudice and embrace God's missions to make disciples, we will see that God will bring more people to repentance. 
after Peter said these words, verse 18 says that when they heard this, they, meaning this of the circumcision party, the Bible says that they felt silence, silent, and they, they glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Brothers and sisters, what God has for us this morning is again a calling and admonition for us to let it go of our prejudices and embrace the mission that He has for us. How then it will look like in our church, in New Life Church? I believe it is when we will embrace exactly what God is saying in this place. That we will not look to the race. We will not look to the social status of people among us. We will not look to each other according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, like we read in 2 Corinthians 5. And this is the call that God is giving us today as a church. For us to let aside and let it go of any prejudice that is hindering us for us to progress in our mission of making disciples of all the earth. See what the Bible says there in the last sentence. Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. And this is what God is promising to us. If we accept the, in, His invitation of coming to Him and letting go of any prejudice that still holds our hearts captive. Brothers and sisters, there is repentance available for everyone. But we as a church, we need to go and meet the people in their point of, of need. But for that to happen, we need to let it go of all prejudice and surrender our life, surrender our will to the mission of God. The Bible says in Hebrews that repentance is an act that comes from God. And there in, in chapter 12, verse 17, the Bible teaches us that sometimes we can look for repentance and not find repentance anymore. Brothers and sisters, God is calling us to repent today of every prejudice that we have in our hearts. The Bible says today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your, your heart. Let us submit our hearts and our will to the mission of God by letting, letting go all prejudice in our hearts. Let's pray.
Father, we know that uh, it is not a simple thing for us to do. Because even in the life of Peter, we, as we will see, he, he struggled again with the same thing that he was testifying before the church in Jerusalem here. But Lord, we know that you are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think. Therefore, we pray, Lord, help us for us to let it go of all our prejudices, Lord, and for us to surrender our lives to your missions and for us to obey you, O Lord, in whatever you have commanded and instructed us in your word. Father, we plead with you this morning. Help us. Without you, we cannot do anything. May your name be glorified, Lord in and through his word as the Holy Spirit continues to do his work in our hearts and setting us free from everything that holds us back to our prejudices for your name's sake and for your glory we pray all this in our Lord Jesus Christ Amen, Amen. Amen.